Just to clarify, these views that we speak of on our podcast are 100% our own and not those associated to anyone from Luton Town Football Club. Thank you very much. Welcome to Owen the Town, I'm Lou Gregory and here's what's coming up today. Luton head to South Wales to play Swansea and lead with all three points giving us our first win of the season and also our first goal in a couple of games. How exciting is that? Finally off the mark today. We'll look back at that Swansea game and just discuss how we managed to finally get our first three points of the season and how long overdue it's been. Uh, also looking at our strikers today, a bit of an attacker focus, which two Strikers, would you say are currently our strongest? And what have you made of their start to the season so far? We're also going to be looking ahead to Sheffield United and talking about the one Luton player that you've always felt was underappreciated at the club. There's some crackers in here today. So uh, yeah, sit back, relax, enjoy, and uh, enjoy the voice of only Dave and me today because Ataro, uh working late today, so couldn't unfortunately get to us. But um, how are you? Enjoy the voice of only Dave. I thought he was going well, to say Dave and me. Dave and only me. Dave. Yeah, not only Dave. Good evening. Uh, how are you, mate? You good? Yeah, I'm very good. Very good. Very happy. Had a great weekend. Good trip. It was a very long trip, wasn't it? I, I kind of forget how far away Swansea is because you think, oh, it's just over the bridge. You go over the bridge, it's like another hour and a half. I know, but it, I wasn't driving, so, so it makes so much difference to me. True. Uh, thanks for Dwayne for driving. Uh, it was great to get that win, though. I'm not going to lie. I went into the game and I'll hold my hands up. <laughs> I've never felt more negative going into a game before. I, I thought we had no chance of getting a result on Saturday. I don't know why. I just honestly was, I wrote us off. and I'm, You wrote us off from uh, leaving the house and yeah. um, getting in the car all the way up there. You were saying, why have I come? Why have I come? Do you know why though? Because I was so disappointed by the Bristol City result. And I just thought Swansea had a couple of okay. I know they bottled a two goal lead against Millwall, but I was just like, I just felt, they were going to bounce back and well, I, I the just Brist- couldn't see a you, win we, for us. Listen, we can't ignore the Bristol City game. The Bristol City game was horrendous. Yeah. Um, we weren't in it at all. We didn't create anything. Um, and it was a real substandard, not a proper Luton Town performance. It no. was it was so poor. So I can understand your negativity coming out of that. But it's a different game then, isn't it? Yeah. And you'd hope that the manager stuck a rocket up their backside and said, right, come on, this is what we've got to do. We've got to prove ourselves. And... You know, aren't you glad you went now? Yeah, no, looking back, I'm, I know it was a very long day, but I got back and went straight to the pub at like 10 o'clock and I was just sat there like, you know what, it's been a good day. Got a win, managed to watch the EFL highlight show for the first time properly this season, which was nice, we recorded it because I was like, you know, got a little win, we'll put it on. Yeah. So no, happy days really. Didn't um, get much on there though, did we? Let's be fair. No. No. But some beautiful goals to talk about, which we'll do in a bit. Uh, some three word reviews then of Swansea nil, Luton Town 2. Barney says, much needed win. Larrick says, big confidence booster. JP says, back on track. George, basics done better. Soul says, NJ tactical masterclass. Matt, press, steal, shoot. Gary says, Potts was magnificent. Uh, Dad says, trust the process. And Kilty says, season started today. And he, that's the way I'm, I'm kind of looking at, looking at it is... I just feel like now our season's really kick-started. Let's kind of like forget them first, you know, three or four games, maybe not so much the Burnley game, but just kind of put them to one side and go, all right, it starts now. Now we put together a little run. 
Well, I'd like to think that we are going to sort of maintain momentum. It was a much-needed win. Barney's totally right. We, you know, a defeat there puts so much more pressure on Friday's game. Yep. Um, confidence booster absolutely back on track. They're all they're all things. Tactically, we got it. We got it really sound, didn't we? George says basics done better. Do you feel we did do the basics a little I, bit better? I, well, I think we did the basics as well as we could. Um, any better than the other days? Well, we've managed to score two goals, so yes, but. There is nothing about Saturday's performance by the team that you could sit back and criticise at all. thought we were strong all game. Uh, Nathan got it right. He totally got it right. He's got his selection right as well. Yeah. And I think, you know, the changes that he made were were an influence on our, on our performance. And, and then to make those late substitutions as well, or those substitutions later on in the game and change the front line, well, that worked out a treat, didn't it? Looking at... The changes from Bristol City midweek then, Lockyer, Musquay, Clark and Freeman came in for Osho, Morris, Bradley and Woodrow. Lockyer with his first league start of the season, I believe. And to be fair, it was his 400th career appearance. He played very well, didn't he, Tom Lockyer? Well, I think it, I, would have, I would have sort of put him up there as one of the men, man matches or mm-hmm. player of the matches. And um, I, to be fair, I was surprised that Musquay started. Yeah, I was going to say, what did you make of that? Because... You know, some fans on social media maybe not kind of like right a bit like me writing us off a bit when Musquay was announced in the starting eleven. But fair play to him. He did, Do you know what he, he had a good, he, he did a good well, he did a good job, didn't he? But you know, the rest of those changes as well, uh, Clark and Freeman. Well, you know, for me, they're they're almost must starters now. Um, you know what you get with Clark and Freeman kind of yeah. at the moment, don't you? But the Musquay one was um, was I don't know challenging for me because I didn't I didn't actually think he's performed well enough this season to get that position however he did a good job he did what he had to do what I would say about Musquade the way he carries the ball and runs with the ball I can find it it's, it's offers us something a little bit different and I don't mind it you know it, it changes it up from just being you know Morris and Adebayo and it's long balls to them both whereas if you get the ball to Musquade's feet he can make something happen he can dribble with it well, as he proves at the weekend, and, and I think that, but some, it's just not as consistent as we want him to be, and I think that's the issue. That when you see him in the starting lineup, you think, "Oh, why isn't it somebody else?" You know, I know if it, if Cornet was fit, you'd like him to start, wouldn't you? Yeah. So it's a uh, it's a difficult, but you know what? Again, with hindsight, um, we cannot literally we cannot criticise that team selection. And you know what you're going to get when you go to Swansea, don't you? you that you know they're a team that loves to keep possession and. I think we were speaking about this in the car on the way up and we're going, you know what, it's going to be a tough game. You know what you're going to get. They love to keep the ball. They love to try and pass it around you. But they had a lot of possession without really doing much with it, didn't they? Uh, do you know, it's unbelievable the amount of times that they passed it sideways and nowhere and every goal kick was short. You know, there was, there was they had, what, by the end of the match, they had a lot of possession, 75% or somewhere around yeah. there. But when you look back, you have to say, realistically... How many times did we stand there at the game and go, wow, we should be one down now? Because it didn't happen. Our defence was very, very strong. Um, and for all their sideways and, and passing movements, we were so high on our press. We were so quick at them yeah. that they didn't get time to, you know, they couldn't create the spaces. And when they did, the defence was solid. Goalkeeper was brilliant. You know, at the end of the day, how many big saves did he have to make? Yeah, not, not, not many. many. Not many at all. Maybe... Maybe like, one or two. It's like you said on when they're keeping possession and more so after we scored, the crowd were 
getting a little bit restless and it was kind of what we said on last the, week yeah, on the preview on, podcast yeah absolutely uh, how what would it take for us to get you know the crowd to get on their back well exactly what we did we scored we scored reasonably early and then they didn't create anything they didn't go for it after that it just felt that they were they, they lacked that final third they lacked that punch at the end where you thought oh god here it comes they're going to equalize now and it and then it didn't happen and it just literally felt quite comfortable but also we could see it whenever they were on the ball in the you know in, in defense and sometimes their defenders are just stand there their hands are out and they go and I don't know who to pass this to I've got no one to pass this to and I think then that's when the fans again like come on like what are we doing why are we just how many times would you like to go and watch your team pass the ball out from the goal kick into the area across the side of the area back across the area then to the other side and then back again and then back to the keeper and then back to the side because that's what they were doing. They'd hit the midfield, it would come back again. There was no, there was just no... Uh, maybe it's almost it, like wanting to play like Man City but without uh, the finishing touches they that Man City they're do. They're not as good as Manchester City, unfortunately. But the, the thing is, there was no... Maybe we have to credit our team here. There wasn't many opportunities for them to split the defence in, you know, in half or, or you know play that killer ball through because our defence were really tight. But... They didn't even take a punt towards the end, you know, when they were when they were had to chase the game. They didn't even take the punt. Then they were still playing out like yeah. that. I, I, and I, you know, I, I don't want to discredit Swansea City's fans, but my God, you know, something has to change for that, surely. And it's like, you know, we said on the preview podcast last week about getting the crowd restless, and after we went one 0 up, that's exactly what happened. Um, let's talk about the goal. It was a corner in from the right hand side, Freeman. In outswinging, it goes headed clear by punch clear by the keeper. So it's a terrible description of the goal. Headed clear, it was punch clear by the yeah. goal. So just, you know, let's just start all again. Okay. Uh, lovely corner in for Freeman. Keeper comes out, he punches it away. It falls to Alan Campbell. Uh, very good technique, left foot. Keeper maybe could have done better, but it was, a, it was a great goal. And to be fair, we did deserve it at the time, didn't we? I think we totally deserved it. I think we, to- we was totally on top, even though we didn't have that much performance. We've created the most chances at that point. The strike was brilliant to hit the back of the net as it did was brilliant um when you see the goal from different angles um you've got to ask what their goalkeeper could have saved it he should have yeah. saved it uh, you'd have been disappointed if that was against us however don't take it away from Campbell he struck it real well he was, it was in a the tough right finish place. wasn't it in the right place took it really really well and uh, the stands went amazing it was amazing it was, I, I couldn't quite believe we'd actually scored I was I'm not gonna lie I was a bit shocked Quite noisy as well for the amount of fans that we took. Yeah. It was really nice. And do you know what the other good thing about that goal was? Shot that bloody drum up because <laughs> that was doing my head in. But brilliant goal. And again, it was, it was, um, it, it was for me, it was almost similar to the one we scored the other week uh, when, was it Potts who scored? Oh, uh, yes. Yeah, Burnley. Yeah, similar to that one. And, you know, we just, we just took the opportunity. Um, and if he hadn't taken it, I think there'd be somebody else queuing up to get it, you know. Just on them second balls, didn't we? We were always on them. Well, it was just brilliant. Good. It was just, it just is what, exactly what we needed because, at, was it 14 minutes in? Um, you'd had, you created those chances and you think, if we don't take one of these, maybe we won't get any more. But on the front foot, we, we look really good. Potts had a chance to make it 2-0. A brilliant cross in from Freeman, I believe it was. And uh, his powerful header was, was uh, beaten away by the goalkeeper. Good save that. I was going to say it was a really good save, weren't it? And it was at that time you're thinking, God, we're really on top here and we wouldn't look out of place if we scored a second. Well, absolutely that. And you was hoping we can maintain that for the whole of the game. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I think I don't want to be disrespectful to Swansea, but you just thought, when are you going to get started? You know, we went through that whole of that first half and I don't feel that we felt threatened 
at all. And I think the, the, the back two were brilliant. Um, and we controlled it a little bit there. Maybe we do have to give the team a bit more, Luton a bit more credit and say, you know, we know off the ball we're one of the best in the league, that we really did a good job off the ball. To yeah, stop and that, that. That, has, that has to be uh, as part of the game these days, isn't it? You know, it doesn't matter how much possession you have, but when you have possession, make, make it count. Yeah. And we certainly were doing that, weren't we? Um, again, our distribution was good when we got the ball, but the closing down of the players and the tackling back and... You know, I can't, you can't fault anyone. You know, some of those tackles that were going in, brilliant. And they went into half-time, 1-0 lead. Swansea, like we said, didn't really uh, threaten much. And even producer Jacobs Beer on a running order, he said, for all of Swansea's possession, they never really looked like they had a threat on Horvath's goal. Uh, no. Luton deserving their lead at the break. Yeah, and, you know, what not it like to go all that way at half-time and go, do you know what, we, we've done this, we've done really well here, let's hope we can keep it up. You know, when when we played at Burnley and we were 1-0 up, we were firing on all cylinders and, and we thought, well, there's no way that Burnley are going to come out again and be that bad. Or, I'll, you know, so let's not take our foot off it here at Swansea either because surely they're going to step up. But they didn't change their game plan, did they? They didn't change the way they were playing. They were still mm-hmm. trying to pass it around, like you say, like they were a Premier League club and it wasn't working for them. What I like about this win at Swansea was... I know we've, we've, we've had good results at Swansea in the last, what, four seasons now. I think we've won three out of four visits. Three out of four, yeah. But I always look back at Swansea maybe growing up as a kid and obviously their time in the Premier League and you think Swansea away is a tough place to go and get a win. But, you know, we have made it kind of nice to go there and, and get wins recently. And it's, like I said, it's just enjoyable to go to these places, perform really well, get a very well-deserved win do you know what? If we'd have come, back, if we'd have come away from Swansea with a point, I'd have been happy to get all three in the manner that we got the three points. Even better. Um, you're right. Swansea used to be the Premier League club. Um, they've been a first division club in my lifetime too. Um, they have a bit of history, but you know, at the moment they're not firing, and we took advantage of that Saturday. Nathan Jones made a triple substitution on 60 minutes. Adebayo, Musquay and Freeman going off for Morris, Jerome and Osho. And then it was 2-0 Morris getting his first for the club. And this goal, I love so much. And I said on the podcast last week, don't really know what our style of play is. And I feel like, you know, the goals we've scored this season haven't really been to a style of play. But I feel like this was all what we're about. It was a quick counter-attack. It was... Brilliant from Campbell to work down the right-hand side to even win the ball back in the first place. He chips it into Jerome. and Jerome has to do well there for that. Jerome's done to, so to, much To here. win the ball there and, and keep it away from that person. that Darling, know, yeah. Was it Darling? Yeah. Well, even better. And uh, the little turn, the little run. But that... And the that burst of pace from Jerome as well. was brilliant. Yeah, don't underestimate Jerome. Like I say, he's a good player. And him, he, his, his pass with the outside of his boot was, oh, was, brilliant, was sublime and at that time Morris still had a little bit of work to do but God didn't he do it well this is what maybe I've <coughs> mentioned a few times on the podcast last season is sometimes when we're in that position like back in the past where you'd have the likes of this is no disrespect to anyone we've had in the past but like Danny Hilton or someone like James Collins where you get a player in that position and it's a little bit predictable of what's going to happen. But it seemed there with Colt Morris. He gets in that position. There's only one. He knows exactly in the head what he's going to do. And it's that little bit of trickery. It's that little bit of, you know, speed, that, that pace, that power, just to get it onto his left foot and put it, then the, the composure to put it in the corner. Proper. I just, 
it was proper center forward. Yeah. You kind of feel like this is what we paid money for this guy because that that was class and that's that's a proper goal. If he can do that every week, then you know he'll 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 be great for us. It was a brilliant goal, good strike, and it came at a good time as well, and it basically sealed the game for us. Absolutely sealed the game. It's no more than we deserved, but. Every time you look at it, and if you look at it on the, uh, the official reverse angle video, it looks even better there. That, that, that little, that, that, that turn from, from Jerome, the, the outside of his boot, it's sublime. It's sublime. Well done, Jerome. And it shows with Jerome as well, and this is why we decided to look at attackers today, is, you know, he's, he's not, just because he's, he's at an age where, you know, maybe some people think, you know, he's, he's getting towards the end of his career, he's just here to be a sub and all this, but he'll be... Oh, he's definitely not He'll here be to be a sub. He's at the bits again. That's starting eleven. He, he, want, he wants to start. He wants to play as much as he can. If he didn't want to be a sub, he'd go down a couple of divisions. He wants to play at the highest level he can, and uh, long may that continue this season for him. Because you know, when he comes on, he makes a difference. And you know what? That's what you have substitutions for, isn't it? Impact. And he certainly did that. But you can't take it away from Morris. The finish for Morris for his first goal was for the club was brilliant. Some stats and facts from Fot Mob. Producer Jake has on the podcast running order today. Uh, Swansea finished with 75% possession, 14 shots, two on target with an XG of 1.45. And Luton with, doesn't quite add up here, Producer Jacob, just calling out on this, 29% possession, uh, which just doesn't work. No, it's 25, yeah, isn't it? 29, 75, mate. You have to... Yeah, good on to Jacob, well done. First mistake of the season, writing that down, noted, mate. Um, 13 shots, five on target with an XG of 0.52. Yeah, can we just talk about the XG again? No, no, because I spoke to Brentford's analysis and analyst 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 team today yeah. about XG because I I wanted I wanted to have it backed up because they were saying how much they use it all the time and it doesn't matter if we had a zero point five two XG we scored some hard chances so I'll take that. Well, then what's the point of the stat? <laughs> we're not getting into this again, <laughs> but it's true. It's a good it's, indicator though. Well, it, clearly not. We scored twice. Yeah, but you. you you kind of they take it from a whole range of data, not just one game. But anyway. I get it. I get that. Um, do you know what though? That just shows that they had fourteen shots. I don't remember any of those, or maybe two of them. They might have had fourteen shots. A couple straight a keeper, weren't there? And a couple charged down by uh, Lockyer and uh, yeah, loads of other stuff. Um, moving on then to today. Instead of doing a player focus, we thought we'd focus purely on the attackers. What have you made of our attackers start to the season, and which front two? Do you reckon it is our current strongest? Who would you start against Sheffield United? Um, okay. That's, a, that's again, that's a tough one. If we were managers, it would be easier if you're on the training ground. I think... Uh, but we have the talent. I think on Saturday, front, I think on Saturday, Morris starts. Or Friday, sorry, Morris starts. Um, who plays alongside him? I don't think that Nathan would look any further than, at the moment, Adi Bayo to start alongside him. Um, whether that's the right decision, I don't know. Would you say... Elijah Adebayo's maybe not been up to the standard we know he can be he's at the start of the season. He's definitely not been up to that standard. I mean, he worked hard, but he hasn't been anywhere near as close to he was the end of last season and true last season. He was on fire last year. Do you reckon he's carrying a little bit of a knock or something? No just, idea. What's the ex- is it just a confidence thing? Is it, look, he'll get a goal and his, his confidence will skyrocket and we'll see the old Elijah back? But Well, listen, to get a goal and to get a chance, you have to, be, you have to create them. You have to feed the chances to him. And maybe he hasn't had as much service as he, as he liked. I mean, if we look at his performance against Swansea, he was holding the ball up well, but he wasn't in the right positions a lot of the time for chances on goal because he was trying to keep the ball to keep us moving forward. 
So, you know, his 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 form will come back for definite. His form, and we know you don't become a bad player no, overnight. And we know what we're getting with Elijah, don't we? You know, a, a world class striker that. I think we'll go on to be a Premier League striker. So. Well, good. I mean, if he's still crap until the window closes, that's great because no <laughs> one will come for him. But, you know, I don't I don't think that he's not going to be first choice for Nathan um, at the moment. I think when when he scores, he'll get a couple. Cotton Morris, what have you made of him? Um, Obviously, brilliant goal to start. I think he's a very strong player. I mean, it just, again, it's what we need, isn't it? We need someone who's going to take the opportunities when they arise. So um, I was impressed when I first saw him play. And then he, you know, then I've seen him not so good. And on Saturday, he was great. So Carlton Morris, I think is a good, we've got a nice, strong front line now. I saw a really nice comment the other day and it, you know, made me think how, you, how we haven't had it in a while, but they basically said how Morris looked so much better facing the goal, running towards a defender than he does with his back to goal, holding up the play. And you just kind of think if we can get him in that position a bit more often where, He's a bit more central. He is sprinting at defenders. He, we now know he's got a little bit of a trick in him to get it onto either well, foot. Isn't you know? that exactly what you want? And, and you know, when he was playing up front there with Jerome, again, at the end of the game Saturday, Jerome was the one holding the ball up. Jerome was one making the plays. And he, and he, and now just go back to the goal. He, it was right. He put him in the right position. So you always want your strikers not to, not to be, you know, facing your own goal. You want them to face the opposition's goal, surely. Yeah. And then when you're running at the defence, they know what they're doing. So, yeah, I was quite impressed with Morris. We kind of touched on Cameron Jerome a little bit earlier, but like we said, he's still going to be knocking on that door to start an 11, isn't he? Yep. Like I said earlier, he wants to play. He definitely wants to be out as much as he can. Um, and if if he really wanted game time, he'd, he'd have dropped. He'd have dropped a couple of divisions. So he hasn't done that. He is confident of his ability. He's, he's an ex-Premier League player. You know, he's, he knows what he's doing. And when he does it, he does it well. The question is, can he do it for 90 minutes? Probably not. And then we've got Woodrow, Cornick, and Musquay as well. Look, Woodrow's obviously not had much of an opportunity to show us what he's about this season, but we do know there's a player there. Cornick's had a bit of a bit of a problem with injury. Uh, Musquay did well at the weekend. So I guess out of everyone right now, if you had to like pick a two to move us forward and you could see starting every week, which two would it be? Because oh, it's a tough one, isn't it? Well, it's, it's so tough because um, based on last season, you'd think Adi Bayo every week. Uh, based on this season, you think um, maybe not Adi Bayo every week. So um, I think I think the boss is going to go. I think Adi Bayo and Morris really is his front two. I think Cornick comes in there somewhere and Woodrow comes on when he needs to at the moment. But, we, but it's a long season. Well, we asked you what you think our two current strongest forwards are and what have you made of our attackers start to the season so far. Sol says Musque and Morris have got to be the two strongest too. However, you can't ignore Jerome's experience and quality. He's a leader, makes other players around him better. Musque just gives us something different. Which again is, is something I, I mentioned earlier. Musque does offer that that difference in, you know, you look at Adebayo and Morris being the type of players that are, are good at holding up the ball and you, know, you look at Musque, he gets the ball to his feet, he can dribble with it, he can cause problems for defence. Yeah, yeah, and it, why not? Yeah, Musgrave does give us something different. I don't disagree. Mark says, I'd say Cornick and Jerome. Um, okay. Jerome is a quality, intelligent pro. If we get a 60-minute performance from the start or a savvy 15 from the bench, his link-up and availability to receive is second to none in the squad. All our central strikers look better playing off him. Oh, my God. I think we just touch on that. When he came on, he did his job so well. 
So I agree. He's just so good in the air as well, isn't he? Yeah, he's very strong, very strong. Uh, sponsored by DLA Driving School, just to let you know. And um, yeah, he's he's uh, yeah, he is. He does. I, I I agree with this. All our central strikers look better playing off of him. He wins the ball. He puts it in the right places. Connor says, by the looks of things, Jerome and Morris could be our strongest. However, Woodrow and Morris would be good. Yeah. Well, again, look, if Woodrow and Morris start on Friday, we'll see. Crisps and Kits says, I'm interested to see how Woodrow fits in. Not sure where he plays in our system. Adebay and Morris need more time to form a partnership. Jerome and Morris look good together when Jerome came on against Swansea. But can't you see that as a as one of those input parts that they'll be bit part pairing, but Morris and Addy Bayo or Morris and Addy Bayo and Addy Bayo and someone else or Morris and someone else could be a permanent thing. I think once maybe one partnership starts to click that we could maybe see more of it. Yeah. Jason says, um, as in what have you made of our attackers start the season? He says it's been slow, but it's going to be hard as even Adebayo isn't getting 90 minutes lately. Now we have more options. There's more pressure on each one. It's all about confidence and form will follow. Morris has to start on Friday to build on yesterday's goal, which is true. I guess now Morris is going to be so high on confidence that do you just then put him straight back into the bench on Friday night? No, I, I, I think he starts. I think he starts Friday. I think he starts alongside Ali Bayo. Uh, I think he'll be very, very keen to show what he can do again. And, you know, in front of everybody at home, it'd be even better. Matt says, Jerome and Morris seem to work well together and complement each other. Morris and Adebayo doesn't work for me. Adebayo with Cornick or Musgrave, maybe. Lee says, agree with some of the comments on here. Morris and Jerome to start. Half a needs to grab Adebayo by the scruff of his neck and shake the negativity out of him. Yeah, we did say that on the weekend, really. When you think about Adebayo, he was so good last season. It's been a little bit disappointing. And, and sometimes you just want him to be a bit quicker and be a, run a bit faster and be at those places a bit earlier. Because all you ever want is someone to run quick, isn't it? <laughs> well, no, no. But it, when we was we was at the games at Swansea, uh, I think you said to me, "Watch how Addy Bayo's running," and it, it was like he was jogging places all of the time. You know, but there's you don't become a bad player overnight. There's there's no reason why he can't start scoring again. And it was a bit of an unknown last season, so maybe now defenses have got more on him, and so you know he's finding it more difficult. Who knows? Cam says, current strongest is Jerome and Morris. We have to go off form and effort. They're the only two who have really had an effect so far this yeah, but season. but Jer- Jerome so. and Morris can't do 90 minutes. Jerome won't be able to do 90 minutes just because he's his age. He just won't. I just think we can't <coughs> knock what Elijah's done since he's been at this club. And I, I, I feel like even if you took Elijah out to start an 11, that can't do confidence any good. So for me, I'm going to have to say Elijah and Morris to start Friday night would be a good one. Uh, well, I said that earlier, so I'll stay with that. I'm not, I just can't wait to get back on Friday. It's going to be good, isn't it? Yeah. Um, which means uh, means we're going to do a preview podcast again before Friday. So make sure you're joining us then. Go subscribe on YouTube. Oh, when the town, so you don't miss it. Um, I'm doing that, no? Yeah, you're... I'm talking to you. you to the Sheffield United fans. Yeah, so. can't yeah, wait. Thanks for that. Uh, before we leaving today, we wanted to talk about this, which I heard on the radio the other day, and I thought with producer Jacob, it would make a really nice little talking point for the podcast. Players you felt were really underappreciated at your club. So at Luton, who was the one player that you thought just didn't get quite get the love he deserved? Well, here's the thing, right? Because I started thinking um, further back and I started thinking when, when, I was, when I was sort of a teenager and, and going to games, um, you know, late teens, early 20s, who was the one player that I really liked 
but when you refer back to them, um, they never mentioned. And then Phil Hull on Twitter came up with an answer, and I thought, Phil, you're totally right. So I'm going to yeah. go with what he said. And he said Lil Facillo. Now, Lil Facillo played uh, 180 games for Luton Town. He broke his leg twice. He, he broke his leg in a game, and I can't remember which game that was. And then he, I can remember him standing in the tunnel on his crutches at a game and everybody shouting out his name. He then, on his comeback, broke a leg again. Yeah. And so he broke his leg twice. Um, and he was with us for, like I say, 180 games. But you think back to that team and the first player that comes to your mind is Ricky Hill, Brian Steen, those sort of people. Um, so for me... Facillo was a was a decent player and a really good shout by Phil by the way so that's why I'm I'm not taking the credit for this Phil Phil gave it to me but um, yeah brilliant shout so for me Lil Lil Facillo for us youngsters who maybe are not quite sure who you're referring well, to uh, firstly I'd say look him up on Hatters Heritage <laughs> then look him up on YouTube he was a midfielder very strong um, he played alongside Ricky you know he, he was a really talented player I think how many goals did he scored let me see twenty seven goals. But he was just a really integral part of the team and he helped us to promotion 82. But you, when you look at that, when you look at the 82 team, he's not the first player that comes to your mind. You think of David Moss, you think of Ricky Hill, yeah. you think of Brian Steen, you know. So, for Chilo. See, that's interesting you say that because I'm sure we could look back at even recent years and go, actually in our title winning teams, there's a few players that you kind of forget about and don't really spring to mind. Um, I mean, what makes you remember a player? That's, you know, you, you anybody of my era, you say Luton Town, they go Ricky Hill. Ricky Hill was sublime, absolutely sublime. And and there's no getting over the fact if he'd, if he'd have been transferred to Man United or Liverpool, you'd gone, well done, Ricky Hill, because he deserves that. But they don't say Lil Facillo. I think I look back at the era when I was growing up watching Luton and it was Kevin Nichols, Steve Howard, you know, you... you I think they're the two like main standout ones, like Marlon Beresford and Chris Coyne and players like that, that I look back on and go, yeah, they were the ones you really remember. But I'm sure there's But if you look at the that, same squad, if you look well, at the yeah, squad they be, were playing in, you'd be picking out, oh my God, yeah, I forgot about him. Yeah, and how well they did. Um, yeah. But for me, I think one player, and I've got reason for this, I feel like James Collins was underappreciated in the sense of, I think scoring that winner against Watford deserves him proper legend status because people always talk about previous Watford games. They always talk about what Matty Springs won the goal at Vicarage Road. Yeah. And I just feel like... Kirk Stevens. Will we mention James Collins forever for his goal against Watford or not? Well, if we if we got half a brain, we will. And especially when we do the Watford preview. Um, yeah. Um, I think James Collins was a great player. And I, I think I was sad to see him go. And I think if he'd stayed, he'd still be part of the team right now. That's how I felt about it. Does he get legend status? Anyone who scores against Watford can officially have legend status. As, as, as long as they get a hat-trick this season, they'll be fine. Um, so I, I get what you're saying. He was a good player. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we asked you who is the one player you felt was really underappreciated at Luton. Andy says Rowan Vine. He was tireless in support of Steve Howard. Yeah, Rowan Vine was a great player, and he was, he was a brilliant player, wasn't he? But you know, he was. You know, Howard scored more than Vine, right? And you think, you think back to that team, and you think of how well I can. Remember, he, he was again. He was. He was just a tenacious player. I liked him. And I, one, I, so I wouldn't say he was underappreciated. I think 
Or maybe I know I'm going to say well, <laughs> no. I'm just thinking now. I'm just trying to think on the spot here. If I think back to team, I know Rowan Vine, Steve Howard. Who played with him? And then, you know, who else in the team? Well, that was they the stood out. The year of Go on. Nichols, wasn't it? Nichols and Lewis Emmanuel, baller. <laughs> there you go. I don't know. It's just yeah. And an interesting fact about Rowan Vine: um, his son has just signed for Brentford B. Oh, really nice. Which is. Makes me feel a little bit old. His 16-year-old son, yeah. So... Well, you are old. Maybe uh, grow up to be like his dad and never know. See him in a loon shirt one day. Uh, here you go. This one's for you then, Dave. Grant says, Gary Parker, Mick Kennedy, Darren McDonough. Said that right? Yeah. Ian Dowie, Craig McHale-Smith, Paddy McCourt. I could go on. Well, you only asked for one. And he's given you loads. Uh, McDonough was a good player. Dowie, Dowie, you know, Dowie was a strong centre forward, wasn't he? I don't okay. know. I wasn't old enough to see Dowie play. We okay. I'll, I'll get some videos up and you, I'll show you them. Underappreciated though. Um, I think if you're looking back, yeah, probably. During when he was playing, when he was scoring, no. Tim says Kevin Foley, bloke was arguably our best player for three years. So consistent and reliable. Only picked up a handful of yellows and zero reds, despite being a defender. Um, perfect time to plug our Kevin Foley podcast. Yeah, well, if you've I was going to say that, he was, go watch that because he's a top his guy. His podcast was amazing. The way the way that he spoke about the club and 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 Luton in particular was was brilliant. And yeah, he deserves a bit more recognition. But we we use the word legend like we said before. We use it and too blatantly sometimes to people that aren't. Leo says, I think James Collins is definitely one of them. He was a good player for Town, especially in that 2019-20 season. He was clinical under Nathan Jones during lockdown in 2020. And it's true, he did score some big goals in lockdown. The one away at Swansea springs to mind straight away, the header. Um, he did score some big goals for us. And especially, the, like I said, the Watford one. Yeah. I just feel like, do we love him enough, Luton fans? Do we all love James Collins enough for scoring that winner against Watford? Well, I do. I think now when I think about it, I do. I do. Because that was a brilliant moment and you just wish we were in the stadium that day. Imagine that. Imagine being unreal. in the stadium with him and that would have made it even better, wouldn't it? But I agree with Leo there that the uh, he was definitely clinical during the lockdown period under Nathan. Trondheim Hat says, hard to say, but Alex Lacey, I feel, never got a real chance to grow as a player for us. He yeah. was one of them youngsters that come through the youth team and I think everyone was thinking, all right, is this guy going to be the next, you know, next best thing kind of thing? But... It didn't really work out for him. Um, and I, I can't quite remember where he's playing now. I can't remember if it's Notts County in the National League, but he's gone on to have a career in professional football at least, but it didn't quite hit the height as maybe we thought he was going to get to when, when he was a youngster. Yeah, and uh, you know that happens to a lot of players, doesn't it? And Dave says, Marcus Hyken and one of the best players I've seen play for us and barely ever gets mentioned by fans. Do you know, nowadays. that's such a good call, Dave, because he was a brilliant player. Really strong, really playing. What I find about that era of football is I don't quite remember how each player played. All I remember was like Kevin Nichols being that centre mid that got stuck in and would love a tackle. And He was a good old, for me, uh, Nichols was a good, proper, old-fashioned midfielder that would really crunch a player. You know, you know none of this nandy-pandy stuff where they just sort of fall over a touch. You'd know if he'd get done by him. Absolutely no. So, you know, some good some good calls there. Some brilliant suggestions here. Let us know what you think. If you're listening now or watching now and you, you want to have a have your say on this, uh, let us know. Owen the Town on Twitter or leave a comment below if you're watching on YouTube. Who do you think is one player that's really underappreciated at Luton? Uh, before we go, 
little bit of club news. Uh, Mendes Gomez joined Fleetwood on loan for the season. Well, not surprised at that? No, not no. surprised at all. He needs that. And uh, the question is, will he come back? Mm. It's one of them ones where if he goes and has a brilliant season, he could come back and slot in. If it doesn't go to plan, maybe we just sell him and just go, look, maybe that's just one that got away. Yeah. Because there was so much hype when we signed him. So much hype. Um, and I love this. Luton ladies winning their first game 5-2 against Kingsling at Kenilworth Road in front of over 500 fans, which is just brilliant to see. Fantastic. And uh, just a little DLA plug again, if I may. Um, the DLA are now sponsoring one of the lady strikers, which we'll announce uh, officially oh, uh, next week. Very exciting. And that's pretty much it then for today. Shane Batora wasn't here to talk about our first win of the season, but hopefully he can be here next week to talk about our second win of the season. Hope, hope, he's, hope yeah. he's right. Although I might be away next week, but we'll have to discuss this all there. Anyway, um, that's all we've got time for today. <laughs> what? Join us on... What do you mean you'll be away? Thursday, Wednesday night, Thursday morning for the Sheffield United Preview podcast. Um, where we'll be discussing everything about Lugan and Sheffield United. So yeah, thanks so much for listening today. Thank you so much for watching and we'll see you Thursday.